Corey Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. You want to learn more about your hosts? Make sure to listen to episode one. Ooh, we had so much fun the other day meeting in person for the first time ever. Can you believe that? That's crazy pants. Aaron, you're like, shorter than I thought you were. <laughs> and you know what? You're taller than I thought you were. Oh, so that's funny. funny. Okay. Yeah. And, and then not, meanwhile, Chris tall. is exactly the right height. <laughs> this is the most awkward meetup I've ever had. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that we did it for a photo shoot and you could see that we were all a little vulnerable in the beginning. So it was almost yeah. the perfect way to meet for the first time, trying to pose and not knowing how to pose. Should so we touch way. each other? I, like, <laughs> I think the photographer was a little uncomfortable. Well, I don't know if our listeners even know that we had never met in person until just not too long ago. Chris and I had a one-on-one a few months back and just yes. had a an old fashioned together or something. Yeah. And that was a, a quick meeting, but it was fun and great. We have to do it more often. I was raving about those buffalo tofus today. I have to tell you, the response was a little bit skeptical. Those people don't know what they're missing because <laughs> those know. were amazing. I, I think so. And what is it made out of? Yes, it was deep fried, honey. Anything you fry, you know what I mean? With buffalo yeah. sauce, they can Something even do that with the tofu. Fire shop. <laughs> the Firestone <laughs> cuisine. All right. Today's guest is Scott Soroka. He's the president of Soroka Industrial Branding, providing fractional CMO services to small to medium sized industrial companies. Scott's approach to creating effective marketing strategies is centered on building strong, compelling, and well-differentiated brands and activating brands within organizations through organizing and mobilizing continuous improvement cultures. He's a certified brand strategist and also a Six Sigma Lean Black Belt professional. Scott, welcome to the show. That's what my LinkedIn profile says, so we're going to roll with it. Black Belt. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I remember reading yes. about Six Sigma way back in my college days. So it's interesting that you've applied it to branding. This I is have. definitely heavy yes. manufacturing focus when I was in college. Let's talk about brands. What okay. is a brand? I feel like a lot of people assume it's exactly the same as marketing. And I hear a lot of people think branding is just your logo. So let's talk about that. What you mean it? it's not? Uh, <laughs> whatever you want it to be. It's subjective like art. Well, if you looked it up on Google, I think there's like 3 million responses. It really is a unique set of distinctions that you or your company owns that makes a positive and noteworthy difference in the lives of customers. And I always like to say, not just the external customer, that buys products and services, but the internal customer meeting the people who you employ. So when we think about branding, there's the customer brand, the employer brand, and the employer brand is really coming on the scene with a lot of vigor because so many people are looking for good people. And with the short supply and high demand of high quality people, how do we attract the kind of personnel we need to deliver upon our brand promise and to exceed expectations and who's going to actually care about us and our customer and our overall growth strategy. So brand has really taken on kind of a split personality in the past 10 or 12 years. And it's amazing how many companies, unfortunately, mostly in manufacturing, that they don't have an employer page about the 
reasons that people should want to work for your company, as well as on the customer side, why should people buy our products and services with all of our competition? So it's really the complexity of branding here, and it's even getting more complex as time goes on. Yeah, the brand is probably more important today with all the evolution that's happening in marketing with AI and everything. Everyone's message is totally getting diluted. So more emphasis on your brand Mm -hmm. and what it stands for. It's more important today than it's been in many years. Yeah, it is. It's your reputation, what people think about your prior experiences, what people are saying. It's that perception that's out there that either you take control of it or you just let it do whatever it does in the wild. We help companies take control of the brand so that people understand what their unique distinctions are. You know, Lori, you're talking about how brand has changed and, and the new pressures that it's under. In my observation, a brand was a box you checked. You could be relatively static with your brand, but now, and why you need to nurture it, is that it's a relationship that you're constantly building and responsible for. You can't set it and forget it as you once did. Scott, folks such as yourself are so valuable to businesses because it's fine to go through a branding exercise and get that done, but you're not done anymore, right? Right. Yes. Brand is like a living, breathing organism. You have to really take care of it, nurture it. And as you hire new people, as you expand, as you think about new ways of growth, how does that all integrate with the brand and all stay aligned? And that's really important. I really like that you talked about the employee attraction side, Mm -hmm. because I know that's such a big topic right now. I was just at the AEM annual conference a couple of weeks ago, and they had a presenter. He's actually from Appleton, Wisconsin, and he talked a lot about how you attract people to buy from you is the same way you should be attracting employees to work with you. And we do this in sales all the time, but we haven't put that to work for us. So I think you bring up a really good point about the brand when you're speaking to that. I'm curious, when you get down to the production floor, right? Why is it important for them to know your brand and what it stands for as well? Some people might argue that they don't care or why should they care? So can you tell us a little bit about the importance of that? Well, I think there's a belief that a lot of people, especially in in the production world, they don't care about what the brand is. What they do care about is working for a company that has a vision, a company that's growing, Mm -hmm. a company that stands for something, a company that has a purpose. They want to know that there's a certain level of security, not only in their job, but they actually have a certain amount of pride of where they work. So say, I work for this company for all these reasons. You attract employees to a brand because we have value propositions. As long as you live and deliver on those value propositions, now you have happy people Mm -hmm. and happy people are more productive and they stay a little bit longer. They come in a little bit earlier. They'll go over above and beyond. I met with a company yesterday and they told me that somebody was going on extended medical leave and one of her colleagues donated five days of his PO to this other person so that everything would wash out. That is so uncommon. Donating to that level. There's so many good stories about people who help each other out. And then there's others that unfortunately it's same stuff, different day. So People complain about Gen Y, they, they're now complaining about Gen Z. We have to figure out how to work with one another. So here's a frustration, you know, 
company of 200 people, they don't have a CRM system, they have spreadsheets. Or the boss prints out edits to a direct mailer or to a newsletter. And instead of just doing the Adobe Acrobat comments, they print it out, they handwrite it, they give it back. They don't watch their emails. For companies that they don't want to use a project management system like a Trello or a Monday.com, mm -hmm. Instead, they say, I'd rather just keep everything by email or let's just pick up the phone and bang it out. That's a major source of frustration, even with a guy like me. And I'm not Gen Y or Z. I'm not a boomer. I'm the other one. When I put a project management system yeah, in the place, there's people who just resist that. And I'm working with companies right now. We're putting in an ERP and there's a lot of resistance. Well, the Gen Z, Gen Ys, they embrace that technology. There's a lot of these little things that companies could be doing. And if they aren't, explain why and what your plan is so that there's mm -hmm. some kind of a vision that lies ahead. Yeah. yeah. I like what you're saying about explain why, because people can be befuddled by many choices mm -hmm. you don't need to make your choices based on what you think will make other people happy. You just have to have a reason other than it's the way we've always done it. So let's talk bottom line, bottom line, the money. So I always fulfill my orders. Boom. On time. My prices, you can't beat them. And everybody knows that about me. I have a fantastic reputation. What do I need branding for? Why? So go back to why did you start your business? If you started a business and you know that it was going to be a price race, or if you knew that it was just going to be as long as I deliver on time, then why did you take the risk of starting your business? Go back to why am I doing this? What void am I filling in the industry? What am I doing better than everybody else? What can I offer? What does my customer service look like? What kind of expertise do I have? What do I bring to the table where people say, oh, you have to buy from this company? Photography is my hobby. There's about three or four top places to get your camera gear. I only buy from one. And there's a reason for that. Or I always say when I give branding presentations, for example, you have Home Depot, you have Lowe's, you have Menards, you have Ace Hardware. Where do you go? Why do you buy from there? Because everybody's pricing pretty much the same thing. Menards is a little bit different because they have their own more house brands. But why do you buy where you buy? When you think about branding, either it's a very subtle reason or it's a significant reason. It's a lot of it at that. What you're talking about is the chemistry that you build with the customer. And that company I work with right now, they guarantee you call this number you will get a human being on the phone guaranteed. Well, that's really tough. To, a guarantee is tough to do. Like 90, 95% is pretty darn good. But compared to press one, press two, press three, and you get yeah. lost in this maze. We care about your business. Wait time is currently seven minutes versus <laughs> I can call this number. I'm going to talk to somebody and I know that they can help me with my problem. Or if I have a question. I know there's somebody who's going to ask me for a question instead of saying, we'll call the manufacturer. Those are all yeah. the things that keep you coming back, as you mentioned before. So mm -hmm. I think leaning too into price, fulfillment time, and reputation, those can easily be usurped by another business. Your competition can move into any one of those areas, but your competition can't move into your space as being the one that knows that we've decided that answering your phone calls personally is a priority because we like you and we respect your time. 
maybe somebody else can put that in place. It's not very likely. I just think it gives you a little bit of that competition armor that we all need because it's so competitive out there. Or how about knowing your audience and maybe some don't want to pick up the phone and never will. So they're going to go right online and they want to self-service. So what are you doing to make sure that they have all the answers and that you're updating those answers frequently as new information comes in so that they can do everything they want to do from their fingertips with their smart device or where you have a mixed clientele and there are some that want to talk on the phone and others that want to self-service, which is what a lot of organizations are facing today. And I think it comes back to Something you said a little earlier too is values. Uh, As I get older, I continue to have this be so true in both my personal life, my professional life, that your values really matter and that Mm -hmm. those values are consistent, especially within your organization and that your people live by those values too. I keep thinking about a company that keeps serving me ads. And I'm not going to say the company name because they don't have the best reputation, but they have the quirkiest, most interesting products and the price points. Like, yeah, I could buy that, but I haven't heard good things about them. So I have zero interest in actually making a purchase from this company. And it's solely based on the brand and what I've heard in the market. So even though you have the best price, It's the brand and the perception that other people have of that. It's an ongoing game, really. Well, branding has been a super fun conversation, but this is the part of the show where we talk about the new things that we learned. So Chris, what is something that you just learned? Well, I'm so glad that Scott brought this up because it was a topic that I had for my, I just learned. And I just mentioned that I was at the AEM annual event Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago and I was reading the Deloitte Insights article on the 2024 manufacturing outlooks. Skilled labor shortage is top of mind again for manufacturers. So it's not necessarily something new that I learned, but it is something that I think is important to keep talking about because these challenges are real. The article shared how one third of the manufacturing workforce in 2022 was over the age of 55 years old. So if we think about that, those folks are going to be retiring and how you transfer knowledge from that group to the younger group is really, really critical. Women in manufacturing are still way below half, although we're Mm -hmm. half of the Mm -hmm. population. So if there was a more focused effort on attracting women, potentially we could be filling some of those open positions with new people entering manufacturing. So just lots of things for manufacturers to continue thinking about it. I know this is very important to them. It is ranked now even above supply chain concerns because supply chain has been coming back. It's not to say all things are recovered, but certainly this one continues to be top of Mm -hmm. mind. Erin, what did you just learn? Well, my kids keep me educated. (laughs) Did you know that Taylor Swift was born on a Christmas tree farm? No. No. (laughs) Isn't that just so on brand? Talking about branding. That woman has got it down. We could do a whole show just on Taylor Swift and how damn good she is at branding. Well, it's time's person of the year, right? Mm -hmm. Lots of people surprised by that, I guess, but... I think Taylor Swift fans, not at all. Right. Yep, yep. I pulled up behind a car the other day. Their license plate said Swifty. I was like, you're committed. 
<laughs> probably have like a time. tattoos or something like that yeah, is wow. a commitment Lori no Lori what do you know I was gonna go one direction but now I'm gonna go a different direction because I've known Scott for a few years now and I just learned that he did the improv comedy and oh, stand-up no. comedy <laughs> I think that's great see so a graduate from Second City obviously huge Woo! reputable well-branded improv space. That's awesome. Fun fact, I took an improv class at oh. Comedy Sports and I did it for my own professional development with public speaking. And I think that was the best way to get over some of my own bumps in the road there. Fun I, I feel like I want to know so much more, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> pull that out in future that, That'll be the next time we get together for drinks. Maybe. Okay, there you go. Not, not, not a <laughs> podcast recording. <laughs> Scott, what did you just learn? Well, I just learned that you took an improv course. <laughs> so, you did it for the same reasons that I did it. It's because I wanted to improve my public speaking skills. So yeah, so should I share something embarrassing? Mm-hmm. No. Yes, um, yes, when it was too late. <laughs> Please. Please. I was at a, a planning retreat a couple of weeks ago and we had to go around the table and talk about something embarrassing in our lives. And I remember the time when I was maybe six and somebody said that gasoline was not flammable. And I said, no way, it's liquid. You know where this is going to end up. <laughs> so I poured there. a little gasoline on the driveway at home and I lit a match and, and poof. And oh, up. God. And it, well, it wasn't completely out yet. So I took the gasoline can and I dripped a little bit more and went right up to the nozzle. Oh. So I dropped it and a small patch of the driveway started on fire, maybe like a four by four foot section. And my dad comes home and he says, why is it smooth right over there? And I, I don't know. <laughs> so what did I learn? I guess I'm in the process of learning that as good as AI is, I think humans for the most part are still safe. For the most part. Yeah. Well, in, in five years, what are we here for? If AI is going to take over the world, what do humans do? So I guess we'll find out in five years. We're going to be more human again. That's what it is. We're going to not be glued to our devices and technology. Lori, I missed your presentation on AI. I heard that was really good. Thank you. Yeah. I actually gave one this morning to another group. I get on a little soapbox during the AI presentation and say, let's use the technology for good to create efficiencies, save us time so we can go back to being more human again and having face-to-face human-to-human relationships and step away from the screen. Let's not use it to overwork and push as much dollars out of every single person that we can. Let's get back to being human and creating relationships. And that's kind of my feeling is when it's used productively, it's an incredible tool, but it can be used very destructively as well. And it doesn't replace lazy, so... That is very true. It's not a magic wand. Well, this was a super fun conversation. Scott, can you share with our listeners how folks can get in touch with you if they're interested in connecting? Yes. Scott at SorokaIB.com, S-E-R-O-K-A-I-B for industrial branding.com. Or my phone number is 414-628-4547. That's my direct line. And I will try to answer the call if you call. All right. Well, this is Three Broads wrapping up. We're bringing you stories, strategies, and exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo. So everyone, go out, connect. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. This wraps up today's broadcast. 
If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcast.com.